Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, and I'm coming to you from Garingai country. And I'm joined by... I'm Coach Kiwi, and I'm coming to you from Goulburn in New South Wales, which is Gundungurra country. And I'm Lauren Hodson, and I'm broadcasting from the Sutherland Shire, which is Darawal country. In this week's show, our run, round one pod for AFLW Season 6, we will review round one games. We're going to talk about the injuries that came during uh, during those games. We want to pick out our debutantes. We're going to talk about tipping. I chat to Giants Vice-Captain Elise Parker. And we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to next week. But first, let's talk about Swan's three captains. They are Maddie Collier, Brooke Lockland and Lauren Zagetti. Now, three captains. Team, what are we thinking? How does it work when you have three captains and not just one? Lots? Exactly, Fee. Look, what I'm are you thinking this is a topic I've discussed with others a, a few times. I'm generally not a fan of co-captains. I like the I like the idea of leadership groups, but having a sole captain with some vice captains so that you know who your leader is. Uh, but yeah, generally, uh, it's just something I generally don't sort of uh, like. But there's uh, you know there's there's a bit of it out there. I love it, Kiwi. I love it and I have been quite known to have at least two. I don't generally go for three. This year, Fitzroy, there was there was a need to elevate a third. Um, but, yeah, generally I like two and I like to have them have input into selections, especially at community level. Um, at senior or elite level, probably lesser of an impact at, in that area because you've got a coaching panel to do your selections so it's a little bit different um but yeah I, I guess it's just a way to um share the on-field role a little bit and and they get to collaborate collaborate a little bit I think um it was Peter Seal that had five captains in one of the years at St Kilda was it five she had or she had five in a leadership group maybe she had three captains and mm-hmm. and she said something like um it's the way that women work better as a collaborative approach. So we like to discuss things and talk things. Well, that which, is true. Which can, it is, I mean, there's a downside of that obviously is, you know, what comes out on top or who makes the key decision at the end of it. Um, but generally when I've had two, they've sort of rotated who does the flip of the coin mm-hmm. and they're often at different ends of the field. So, so you're expecting them to stand up and be the more senior voices on the field or or in those lines, I guess. But I like multiple captains. Well, and it has been done in the men's uh, game as well, I suppose. I do have a problem with um, with saying that women do things a certain way. I, I think if it works in a particular team, in a particular group with certain individuals, fine. Uh, but but it's still a curiosity, I suppose, to a lot of us. So I, uh, I suppose if it's going to work, may it work well. And may it work well for the AFLW Swans. And plus, like happened with the Swans, Maddie was injured, and Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad. I never thought we would have associated Meatloaf with anything AFL again, but there you go. There we are. 
thanks, Kiwi, for that uh, meaningful quote right there. You're most welcome. But shout out to Maddie Collier. Um, we hope to see you on the field very soon. Moving on, let's talk about round one games. Hey, Loz, uh, got any thoughts or feelings about uh, about Collingwood versus Carlton? Look, I certainly had some very good feelings about Collingwood-Carlton because uh, <laughs> Collingwood had an 18-point win. It was 36-18. to 18. Uh, I thought Captain Steph Kiochi probably had one of her better games. She made some very good decisions, good position. Uh, it was a physical game, but uh, always good to start the season with a win against the Blue Baggers. Yeah. Yep. Hey, um, can I just chip in here and just say that um, size doesn't matter sometimes. No. The two um, most prolific tacklers in that game for the Blues was Abby McKay and for the Pies was Eliza James. Um, I think this is maybe Abby's third season of footy, uh, AFLW and Eliza's second at this level. Um, they topped the tackle count and they're not really big bodies and um, Abby plays towards the back line mostly in the game or runs off the half back line and Liza's much more, or EJ they call her, is much more of a small forward. But um, incredible tackle pressure. And, you know, they weren't the only ones tackling, but just I'm just thinking that, you know, often people think you have to be the big person to, to you know, pull down a lot of tackles or a big solid bill, but neither of them are. They're just um No, they're not. Agile. And interesting you mentioned Abby McKay. I was really impressed with her game. I thought it was... Um, I think she's definitely improved from the last season. And uh, even though she's a blue bagger, I think she's a player I'll be excited to watch. They did good. She did good. Okay. And so I think uh, tipping was totally screwed up by uh, Melbourne beating the Crows. They call it a grand final rematch. And as you know, the uh, grand final was disallowed and they had to replay it. No, actually not. But that's what I always thought that... that (laughs) The grand final rematch was. Grand final rematch because they didn't accept the uh, the the result. Well, or it was a draw, and they replayed it. (laughs) Maybe whatever. Yep. Uh, Great outcome for Melbourne. Forty four over Crows. Twenty six. Suns were absolutely thumped by North. Forty to fourteen. And Eagles beat uh, beat Port Adelaide. Forty to twenty eight. That was a bit of a surprise for a lot of us. Yeah, well, the Eagles came home with a wet sail, didn't they? Was it four goals in the last quarter? Uh, I'd have to look that up, but I know it was was thumping. Yes, that's correct. Like it got really close there for power. And I thought, you know, like, I don't know, we talked about Erin, can she win another best and fairest? And I thought early in the game she tried to do a bit too much. And then and then started to fall into the groove and let her teammates sort of contribute a bit around the ground. But they've got some handy and exciting players. You know, I, I don't think it was, it's going to take them much to um, really compete against some of the better teams. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of better teams, uh, Essendon was better than Hawks, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> much better. Uh, there was uh, footage of Maddie Presparkas getting extremely emotional talking about what it meant for her to play for Essendon, which... Um, which was great to see. Great to see her. Well, and too, she grew up barracking for. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know, and, and we're starting to see that now that, you know, some of the players that moved in the off-season have gone to the clubs that they grew up barracking for. And it does mean something a whole lot special when they run out in those colours or even even the numbers. You know, Aaron Phillips ran out in the special number one 
um, at Port Power and will end up wearing number 22, which is her dad's number. Yeah. Um, Maddie Collie is going to run out in number 14 when she runs out, which is a very special number at the Swans. Um, there's, you know, I think um, – I can't remember what number Maddie Sparkus wore, but I think there's some really special numbers around with some of the girls of what they've selected. Mm. So, um, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, so that match was moved to Marvel Stadium, Stadium. Uh, and it looked like a great match. There was, whilst it was just the lower deck, it was still great as atmosphere. Twelve thousand. Uh, Peter Holden, friend people. of the pod, was there, and and uh, really enjoyed the Essendon win. I've had twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, mo- moving on. Um, Lions beat the Dockers. No, they didn't. They actually just thumped them. 76 to 27, uh, and that was at the Gabba. And then, oh, was it? Was it at the Gabba? Yep. Yes, yeah, but the was. Dockers weren't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They were still in Fremantle Harbour. Uh, and then the final match for, um, well, uh, we'll get, get to the Sydney games after this, but the final match of this weekend, round one, was uh, the Cats beating the lions and uh sorry not the lions the tigers lions tigers and bears oh my so yeah the cats beat the tigers now it was only 15 to 11 but my goodness my heart is in my game. mouth what a game what a match who it cares a lot, about the scoreline who cares well, about the scoreline really well, at one point we were celebrating the fact that maddie uh sorry that georgia prisparkas had kicked her first aflw goal then she was she was kicking the winning goal for Geelong. Uh, it was really really exciting. It was um, it was uh, it was one of those matches where the scoreline doesn't actually uh, the score the scoreboard doesn't actually um, reflect the excitement of the game. Can I just add a little bit about the mm. excitement of the commentators? The way they went on a little bit about Georgia Press Parker's kicking a first ever AFLW goal. This is only her maybe eighth or ninth match. Like, this is only her second season. Whereas Elise Parker, this is about her fourth or fifth season and she kicked her first goal. Yeah. They didn't talk about that one quite as much. Just saying, balance. Yeah, yep, yep. And then, yeah, Nicola Barr already got her first one last season too, so there we are. Okay, let's talk about the Sydney matches. So, of course, we had Swans versus St Kilda at North Sydney Oval. Kiwi and I were there. Um, great match. So we're 8,260 friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was well attended. Um, so St Kilda got the win. And, look, there, there were some disappointing aspects to that, I suppose. Um, Swans didn't the, win. The most heartbreaking part, of course, was that Montana Ham was taken from the field injured. It was a knee injury, but... So far, we we have been told from the Swans that it's not an ACL, which is something to celebrate, but we've still got to hear exactly what uh, is going on there and, and what it means for Montana Ham's recovery. Uh, I, think they need were, I think they do need her, and I think that there were some disappointing aspects to the game and there were some things that we thought... Um, uh, Swans could have responded to earlier. Felt as if they did not respond well to St Kilda's game plan. And so I guess all we can say is we hope that uh, 
that's addressed. One thing I found really interesting is they go on a lot about the bloods culture and picking up a lot from the way the men play and go about their football. And and anything, if you've watched Swans over the years, is they've got a really particular style of football that they play at the SCG because it's a smaller oval than everywhere else. So they're very hard to beat at home. And I would have thought the Swans AFLW team playing at North Sydney Oval, that was quite a, that's quite a very compact size oval. Mm. And, and it just looked to me like they hadn't really worked a game plan to dominate that field. Like St Kilda sort of adapted to the size of the ground and, um, and where they train is quite a bit bigger than that. So it looked like they adapted a little bit bigger, better. Um, just want to give a shout out about the rucks. They were the two former Giants rucks head to head. Hmm. And um, where probably some well, – myself, I saw Ali Morfitt come through the NAB League and I just think she's a, she's got so much talent. I don't think we saw enough of her on the on Saturday night really dominate like I think she can and she will. She'll come into it, I guess, as she grows experience. But Erin McKinnon, oh, my goodness. The way she went about her game, it's – she just went to another level and, and you know, perhaps this is what Alan McConnell has seen in her for years is that ability. She she was, you know, the key mark down the line when, when St Kilda went transitioning the ball. She she had, I think it was five inside 50s and there were some really quality kicks in. And, you know, when you've got tools like um, Caitlin Greiser and, and Kate Sheila up there, and you're kicking to those kind of targets, that's hard to stop. And Sheila ended up with four goals. But, you know, hats off to Erin McKinning. So she's changed state. She's playing a new style of football and all in a very short space of time, really, um, because her whole adult life she's been under the Giants' style and banner. Um, but, yeah, I just think she's – I think she's doubled her season averages in one match, something right. like that. All of them, her head out, or not her head outs, she's always been good at that, but her marks, her kicks, her disposals, her inside 50s, her tackles, um, everything. She just had a phenomenal game. And, um, you know, and maybe credit to if it's Nick Del Santo or probably I would suggest maybe Dale Robinson, who's the midfield coach, has just perhaps got to know how to get the best out of Erin and is now just playing her in a way that she's going to shine. Yeah, great. Let's now turn our attention to the Giants game. So Giants were beaten by Bulldogs. Look, it was it was actually an exciting game to watch. It was great to see uh, Giants performing better in some ways than we had for a while. Uh, I know that um, Burn Cam Bernasconi said that he didn't want to make Cora the big scorer or that he didn't want not to, not to take anything away from Cora we love her friend of the pod but um to not rely on her so much for for goal kicking mm. well I'll tell you what I'm glad they were relying on her at this game because she got she got three goals in this one um she yeah she did her her crash through job and and um it, it was great to see great to see some other um performers as well and I want to invite my uh, my co-host to jump in now to, to talk about that I like Cora's Cora a couple of her goals she made out of nothing she's yep. just just incredible and when you think that the defender would have definitely one of them would have went now I've got her this time I've got her this time and then Cora just had enough 
of a shove at the right time and the ball bobbled enough and Cora just cut her back on the inside and she's got she's got some ability. And I think this is what I like about the Irish is they're, they're less predictable. So mm. exciting to watch. I'd hate to mark up on them. They're <laughs> very attacking generally, aren't they? Yeah, very attacking. And, you know, the same thing, Brid Stack, I thought Breed, Breed, Breed Stack mm. had – a fantastic game as a defender, and you know when you when you understand that Gaelic's not really physical, but her tackle pressure and her second efforts, just throwing herself at the ball and and the pressure around the the contest there, is pretty amazing for someone who's had such a serious injury and come from yeah. a non-contact sport. Like, I'm, and this I is her, this is only her, her second just, season just of actually playing up again. Turning up again, let alone throwing herself in the way she is. Uh, I really uh, I really admire her. She was solid in the back line. Um, good to see Jess Doyle, the potential future Swan, but former Swan Academy player, <laughs> kick another goal. Um, and, and Elise Parker, as we said before, getting her first. But she was solid in the middle again. Who's going to back her up? Because it looked like Leisha Eva went out wide a bit. Kate, Tate Mackerel was a little bit more go the player. Yeah, she probably get the didn't disposals. have enough support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we can't – you come against Lions, they'll put Kathy Spark on her. Like, go against um, Pies, they'll probably put Safe Casey on her or actually probably someone in the midfield, maybe Michaela Can. Like, she'll get tagged easy. What's the backup plan? Having said that, I'm actually loving the way the Giants are playing. They they struggled at times to get it out of their 50, but then sometimes they'd find that shorter option and they would hit up and they were clean at transitioning it. So potential is there. They just need to polish it and do it more often in a game because they yeah, created and they some were, really good They were quite attacking, weren't they? Well, yeah. compared yeah. to probably the style we're used to seeing from them. Yeah, yeah, it's a different way they're moving the ball about and um, I'm liking what I see. And, you know, I think Garnett going forward, I, I, I like it. I like it. I think she's going to she's gonna be, you know, she was unlucky not to kick a couple, but she will get them without a doubt. Okay, let's move on now to talk about what we don't want to talk about, which is injuries. So we've already talked about uh, Montana Ham. Uh, Kelly Gibson had a great goal and then minutes later was on Probably the Not on even the a minute. <laughs> I, think yeah. it was, I think it was the very next centre bounce mm. coming out of the centre square. Um, yeah, hopefully she's going to be okay because they need her and another really strong player over there. Is that a, that's another suspected ACL? Is it? Yeah. And then like uh, Lily Postlethwaite. Yep. And hers is so sad. I think she's had something like eight hundred odd games. Uh, sorry, eight hundred odd days between games, and that was her first game back, and in the first quarter, and early in the game. Um, yeah, but I think previously she may have had shoulder injuries, but she's come back and done a knee. So just sad for um, a youngster who's just gone through rehab, 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 and finally the excitement to get on the field. Um, yeah. And also um, the Irish girl, Rachel Carnes or Kearns. Yeah, got uh, tackled in the first long. quarter and... Uh, I think they've said an AEC joint, but she was, um, as we've obviously discussed, she was in a, a world of hurt uh, when it when it happened, which is um, you certainly don't like to see, regardless of what team people play on you. You don't want to see people get hurt. And, um, yeah, she looked like in a, in a bit of distress, which is certainly not good either. And so what we wanted to talk about just briefly was 
the decision to turn the cameras on the player who is in a world of hurt um, and how long do we linger there and what is the point of continuing to show this person in such distress? Uh, they threw back to her to show that she still had the green whistle in her hand. Uh, where do we cut this off? Where, where do we draw the line here? What are your thoughts, panel? Yeah, look, I I definitely wasn't happy with, I guess, the the, the camera stain on on her while she was um, initially in distress, but then getting treatment. You know, like when someone's on that, anyone that's played a bit of sport, uh, we've unfortunately seen that green whistle come out for serious injuries. So I just thought um, it, it didn't need to be done. They could be, you know, uh, talking about the game. Um, and, you know, it's also the family members there. Obviously, people at the ground can see to an extent what's what's going on. But, um, you know, you've got people watching on TV, potentially family members, could be overseas as well. You know, I think that stuff can be quite distressing as well. And I don't know that it necessarily actually adds anything to, you know, doesn't what does it actually add to the game? So, I um, yeah, I was a I bit think, disappointed by it myself. Yeah, I, I tend to agree that. Especially, you know, now we've got people who, whose family may not be, be at the game right there and then. So if they're watching on from afar, can bring up a little bit of trauma or, you know, a bit of trouble or, you know, for, for Rachel, her family's in Ireland. I don't think they would have been here. Um, Breed Stack, when she broke her neck, mm. even though her husband was here, the rest of her family were obviously looking on. Um, and on, uh, is it Disney? On Disney is the new documentary called Fearless. Mm. And they talked about um, well, they interviewed Breed about that injury, but they also yeah. um, it was the game where Brianna Davies did her knee. Yeah. Um, in in um, was it last year, twenty twenty one? Yeah, she did her. No, she last did season. her knee this last, last season. season. Yeah, yeah, last season. Well, the um, second time. And they got a they got an awesome win, but I guess the cameras what it shows is the impact of that. When, it went, when they went in the change rooms, it looked like Collingwood had lost. Yes. And and so I think what people don't realise is, you know, there's the family unit or that connection around your players and also obviously good leaders. Brianna is an incredible leader down there. But when you see a teammate go down with such a serious injury, that has an incredible impact. Mm. And that's just the players. So imagine what it's doing to your family who's sitting at home that yeah. can't get the answers. They can't get straight in the phone, or they're not able to go into the room to give their loved one a hug, or or anything. So, and I think it's a sad part of um, humanity is that that we like the gore, we like to see catastrophe in a way, yeah, and you know, it just comes back, back to clickback, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yep. it's it's a headline, you know. Mm. Let's let's show. Well, let's I show think the carnage. What's interesting is that there is some self censorship in broadcasters when they no longer show pitch invaders. Uh, certainly with men's games, they tend to not show so much of the punch on. They, oh, do you remember? Do you remember? turn away. Rugby league, they used to show the stapling when they split their heads yeah. open. And now they've now they've said now to them, they don't. no, you run off the field and you go into the change rooms to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, we don't have time to, to focus too much on it, but I've just mentioned the punch on. There was a there was a lot of focus on the aggression that was supposed to happen between Essendon and Hawthorne. No, I'm just saying a big no. Cut it out. Absolutely not. Just stop it. Stop it now. Stop it now. We don't should, do that. This is AFLW. Just stop it. You should Enough. sound grab that fee. <laughs> that could be our new promo. I will. I don't have to be asked twice. Right. Oh dear. We're moving on now. Uh, debutantes. Debutantes got a bit of, bit of a talking about this weekend. Any oh time the commentators couldn't remember a, a new player's name, they had to oh, be the, the debutante. She's taken a mark here. Oh, the debutante. She could have scored that, but her teammates <laughs> run on and say she's played on and kicked us out the goal. The debutante. took them a while, I think, to get to know her name. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure... Miss Deputant had a thousand games this weekend. <laughs> That's um, right. I, I want to tell you who my favourite is, though, Let's out hear. of them all. And it was very mm-hmm. hard because there's some really good ones. But Isla Sharon, who um, she she was a Newtown breakaway player. And I remember Peter Tregilgus, I know you're tuning into this. I'll give you a shout out. You told me a few years ago, Kiwi, come and have a look at this girl. I think she should be drafted. And, and, you know, legitimately she is now and her first game against um, Cats, she was phenomenal. And I think even the commentators were caught a guard, like, off guard like, who is this person who just ran through her and then ran through her and then knocked that yeah. one out and, and her they goal saver on the, on, the tri, on the try line, on the goal line right at the post, um, that, that was a, a Bledisloe level try scoring um, save. <laughs> Try saving tackle. Um, Yeah, I'm a Kiwi, yes. Um, But, but yeah, her first game. And so, yeah, so what happened with breakaways is they were relegated out of the Premier Division. So for her to then still grow and and try to be seen, she had to then shift to another team, which if you've been in Sydney, there's been mega rivalry over many years between Newtown Breakaways and Western Wolves who are now in a West Magpies. Mm. And so she had to go to the other side. And so she spent a couple of seasons playing um, Premier League under the inner West Magpies and finally um, been seen and Richmond's taken her and and she's there with a few others like Rebecca Miller is also a former um, Western Wolf and you know there's you know Megan Keeley Megan Kylie sorry came from Mac Uni I think had a season at USW so there's a few other Sydney siders in that team it's pretty cool but Isla Sheeran hats off to her um, her stats she she got 19 disposals in her first ever game AFLW level um, and she's not one who's grown up with the game either, from what I believe. She was a cross-coder that came in a bunch of years ago to breakaways. So she was my favourite debutante. Go, your turn. Loz? <laughs> my favourite was Sophie Locke from the Hawks. I know you're shocked that it's not a magpie, uh, but I think I just I liked the the personal side to Sophie's debut. Um, you know, unfortunately her mother passed away a couple of weeks uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's, you know, very emotional time. I mean, making your debut would be a, a big thing anyway, let alone having, you know, a big life-changing event like that. And and I guess I'm a bit of a softie with some things. She she kicked the Hawks' first goal. So I thought it was a bit of a a, a nice touch. And and like any uh, anyone that gets their first goal, whether it's first goal for your club, first goal ever, you know, her teammates got around her. So, um, yeah, that was my debutante story from round one. Great. Kiwi, do you want to talk about tipping? 
Hey, just and before we do, how badly can I just doing. can I can I just sum up round one with a song? No, sisters are doing it for themselves. Okay, I'm not a singer, <laughs> but um, the Hamilton sisters at Sydney Swans at each of the field. But I love the way when Cynthia got her first ever goal on debut, <laughs> Deputon. Lexi came running all the way from the other end of the field, went all the way up, gave a big, her little sister a hug and then ran all the way back yeah. to position. I thought that was very cute and it very was. expected. Um, yeah. But the two Prasparkas, both teams, like they fired up their teams and they were outstanding. The two Moody Rucks, like both of them were just solid for um, for their teams. The Sparks at line, Lions were on fire. Like the sisters around the competition, there's, you know, they had a great weekend. Well said. All right. Now Let's the tipping how badly you're doing at tipping, Kiwi. <laughs> well, there's no need to um, get that personal. Oh, look, um, the only did you forget to tip? So, uh... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think it's saved. Um, no, look, I, <laughs> I, just, I just need to put my camera on here so I can see Loz's reaction because at the top of the tipping, is um, one Susan Hodson. Outrageous. <laughs> I knew you'd like that, that one. Is that someone you know? And she, I think she knows it very well. And there might have been a little bit of banter on our Facebook page this week saying um, that she was in the comp and she was ready to push Lauren hard to see who was going to be at the top of the tipping. And she actually felt you'd do a bit better, Loz. So, well, um, you know what I'd say to mum? <laughs> you don't win premierships in August. Oh, <laughs> So you don't win tipping comps in round one, Mum. Free cheerio, Mum. <laughs> Look, um, good on you, Susan. She she got eight points in round one, and yeah. her margin was only plus three in that in that game. Um, also, Maddie P and Kevin S. So Maddie P is. Um, looks, he's a Frio supporter, and Kevin is a D's supporter, and they also got eight. So. Um, well done to them. We will let Loz in. She got seven points for the round. So she's only one behind mum. Um, and Andy, Andy, Andy from Melbourne. Yep, friend of the pod. He he did seven. Christopher C, seven. Lockie C, seven. Christian, Christian P from Mac Uni. We know Christy P, seven. Tim, Kylie O, another, another Magpies fan. I think we need to cut the limit. I saw there was a lot of Magpies jerseys on the tipping chart. So, you know, we're yeah. slightly taking A little bit over. too many. A little bit too many. Um, and so, yeah, so well done, Loz, is our leading um, panellist at the moment. Um, Tracy Kick, former panellist, she's sitting in there at 21st spot. Natty P, Natty P is sitting at lucky number 23. Bit of work to do, Natty P, but she's only two points behind... Um, top spot so um, but she's got six hasn't she along with donnie hess georgia georgina hibbard and former panelist m yes m's in there too maddie maddie hales is uh, a youngster from uh bendigo so out bush they do a bit of tipping that way um there's um and there's a natty s in the comp as well so um and fernie fern see another magpies Yep, Fanny Fern, Michael Shiletto, and I are all on five. And then, of course, who's on four? Who's Ooh, on four? I think four? the pod's running out. We need to uh, wrap up the show. Kiwi. It actually is running out. We need to move on. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, we were going to talk about next week. What are we looking forward to next week? Well, next week we have um, Giants are playing Lions at Monica Oval. Uh, Collingwood are playing Swans at Vic Park. Oh, I won't make that one, but you might, Kiwi. No, I can't. My boys oh, can't. are playing got, our finals. I'm heartbroken. Yeah, shout out to the boys. Uh, and then, so what about you? Well, Loz, I know what Loz will be watching. I don't know who you'll be going for too. I'll certainly be watching uh, Collingwood take on the Swans. Uh, our, my mum, my our leading tipster, she may be at the game. Oh, really? But uh, okay. yeah, yeah, she she may be there. So look, I think the Pies will win. Um, I, I hope this doesn't get, get me kicked off the pod, but I think they might do it by uh, five or six goals. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's massive. Ouch. Yeah, that's, and I'll get it right good. this week. It's I'm not a thinking... small margin. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking though that size field may suit them. And Scotty Gowan would have all the intel on all those pies because he spent two seasons with them. So surely he knows. Ah. Steph Kiochi, she can only do this. Um, who's in the middle? If they've got Michaela Can back, you know, she can only do this. They're right. Well, actually, the rucks. Now, here could be a challenge. Um, pies, rucks aren't that tall compared to Ali Morfitt. No um, one's tall compared to Ellie Morfitt. <laughs> so, well, Erin's taller than her, um, and and Emma King is also very tall. But um, oh, but yeah, King like so, Al Downey. Yeah. Who else did they have? They had Al Downey. They had Sabrina Frederick. Um, so mm. they might be a little bit outsized if um, you know if Ellie gets in there for for a lot of the game. Well, we'll um, see. But there should be some good matchups around the field, like. You know, I'm guessing probably so if Casey may go on to um, Cynthia Hamilton, I would suggest that um, Stacker would go on to Privatelli. So um, Morfitt did have a very good practice game against the Pies a few weeks ago. Yeah. He's had a really strong game. Uh, Alicia Newman, she also played well in a practice game. Yeah, she's and going up against she's a her former old team. pie, so yeah, know, she's, she's going up against have... her old team. So that's right. Um, that should be should be an interesting one. Uh, wasn't there one other that came from pies? Maybe not. Testing the memory there. Don't know. And anyway, any time, other but... matchups you're looking forward to next week? Uh, well, Giants at Manuka Oval. Sorry, Monica Oval Monica, for the Aussies. Yeah. They go pretty well down there. Um, so, and I, you know, I think they might come back pretty strong from, from, you know, just building on from what they've done in round one. I think, yeah, they showed some promise today, didn't they? So, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. And and it looked like no serious injuries. So, you know, you'd think pretty much the same lineup, um, just another week stronger, another week more connected together, another week more with the new game plan, um, you know, I think I think Giants fans will be quite excited, and I hope they get down yeah. their numbers. It's you know they're pretty used to travelling to Monica, and they get a really good crowd down there, yep. generally. So and, yeah, um, and look, look, Tate, bring the mongrel. Just bring the mongrel to the ball. That's all. Bring, bring that's, the all that's all I have to 100, say. A hundred percent. I think it is going to be tough because obviously the the Lions had a, a big win against the Dockers. Obviously, it was on Lions home home turf though. Uh, I'm going to tip the Lions, but I think it'll be closer. Uh, or at least closer than their victory against the Dockers. But I think you're still probably looking about that sort of, you know, 20-point margin. Yep. Okay. All right. 
That's all we have time for. This has been round one pod of the Code Hangout for AFLW Season 7. We will be coming to you every week on 2SER 107.3. Be sure to catch us on our socials. We are at Coat Hanger Footy on Twitter, Insta and Facebook. Don't forget to uh, catch the full version of this show on our podcast with extra content in the fifth quarter, wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, for the best hub of views in women's footy, tune in to The Coat Hanger. She was nominated for the NAB AFLW Rising Star Award in her first game in the 2019 season and won the Giants Rising Star Award that same year. In 2020, she was named All-Australian for the first time, doing it again the following year and won the first of three in a row. Yes, we call them back-to-back-to-back Gabriel Trainer medals as Giants Club champion. Welcome back for another year. Congrats on the vice-captaincy and well done on your first goal in round one, Elise Parker. Thank you very much. What an and intro. I should have said welcome to the coat hanger as well, I forgot to say. <laughs> uh-huh. No, thanks very much for having me. It's great. You could make time for us. Um, how is life with Burn? Burner is he's awesome. Um, I was fortunate enough to have him back, I think 2014-15 was the first time I was acquainted with him through the New South Wales under-18s pathway. Um, I think back then he was a midfield coach and you can imagine a 14, 15-year-old girl just loves a footy and to have a coach come on board that just makes footy so much fun. Um, he was oh, he was beneficial for me back then and to now have him quite a while later, um, in so many respects he just hasn't changed and that is exactly why we love him so much. He, he makes footy fun. Um, that's why we play the game and you play your best footy when you're having fun. Oh, that's great. So um, with the big change and knowing you had to let go of Alan, I'm sure that made it um, a bit more, uh, a bit easier to to look forward to the year ahead, the season ahead, knowing that he was coming into the role. Yeah, he definitely installed a a sense of excitement. Um, Having to say bye to Alan for anyone in the program was was extremely hard and sad, but he, you couldn't come across anyone as passionate as he is, not only for our club, but for this team. And um, it certainly came across to us and externally as well. So um, yeah, I think change, it's certainly hard, but it brings, I think change has a um, an incredible ability to bring excitement um, and freshness. And that's certainly what Spurner has brought in. And so what is the biggest change that he's instilled in the squad since taking over from Alan? Uh, yeah, there's no there's no doubt our challenge in the last few years um, has been our inability to score. Um, and you can't win matches if you can't kick goals. So um, just a, a really good, exciting game plan that we can all really buy into and trust, um, trust that it's going to work. And we've had two practice matches and now obviously round one. Um, and it's just a game plan around quick ball movement, um, which on the back of that hopefully creates many more scoring options. Um and yeah, we see it, it's it can be risky at times, but um, we've seen the now season seven. The competition is going so quickly that if you don't take risks and I guess try new things, and it's very easy for the competition to actually go around you. So uh, it's new, um, it's a whole lot of fun. We absolutely love it, and we can't wait to I guess gain more experience and, and more games with it. So with a bit of a change to the midfield personnel, has that changed your role on game day or how you approach the game each week? Yeah, I think uh, we were riddled with some injuries last year. And to be honest, starting this season off, we we are in a similar boat um, in terms of Rebecca Bees in particular in the midfield. So coming in this yeah. year. Um, we Send her our best, won't you? What was that? Send her our best, won't you? Yes, absolutely, I will. Um, 
yeah, in the midfield, we definitely want to create uh, a bit of balance. And instead of, I think Berners, his biggest philosophy is bringing your strengths. Um, and in the past, it's almost like you, you bring your strengths and then you play a game of footy, but we just forgot one piece or it can be easy to do just complementing each other. Um, so if you've got an, a, an A1 ball winner in myself that loves contested ball, we've got Alicia Eva, who's one of the best A2 players in the competition. So it's I think this year we've done really well um, complementing each other's strengths and playing to each other's strengths because you can see it and I've certainly experienced the best midfields in the competition are a united midfield that really play together. And so coming off a tough round one result, uh, though there were plenty of positives from that match, is there anything you think Burn or the coaches will adjust before this week's tough opponent? Uh, yeah, I think uh, our intent uh, was certainly not questionable um, and that's the biggest thing to take out of the game. We we all bought into this game plan, into each other, and we certainly played for each other. Um, but going forward, I think there's, there's got to be a balance um, and there's got to be a bit of experience as to when to really take it on and when to be a little bit more conservative. Um, you certainly can't force it, and I think at times we probably tried to force it and it's really clear to see um, if you don't nail the fundamentals, you always have to come back to the fundamentals and, if you just don't nail them, whether it's one or two handballs, um, it's very, one, easy to defend and two, quickly falls apart. So I think we'll pay a lot more attention um, and certainly value just executing and executing under a lot of speed and, and pressure. And that's certainly only going to make us um, compliment us and make us go experience a bit of success going forward. And so looking forward another week, you finally have a crosstown opponent to play. Has the team talked about what they may do for that, as we call it the Coat Hanger Cup, and there actually is a Coat Hanger Cup, which we uh, <laughs> look forward to presenting to the winner. Um, strategies for the SCG match, um, any any uh, pre-season talk about rivalry? Uh, there is. Um, there certainly is. We, we don't like to jump on the back of, I guess, the AFL and just copy what they're doing. We like to create our own story. Uh, but without doubt, um, certainly playing them two weeks two weeks ago on the practice match, um, it's clear to see that, yeah, we're, we've finally got Crosstown rivals and um, certainly going to be a, a good competition that we're really excited about. Um, there's, there's a bit of talk, but at the same time, there's actually more talk about we've got rounds one and two first. So round three, obviously, that is so exciting. We absolutely cannot wait. Um, play on the SCG in itself is going to be awesome. And obviously the Swans you've seen um, quite publicly, they have an amazing following and some extremely passionate supporters, which is so awesome to see, particularly in AFLW. So um, I think we're excited. We're certainly excited for the stage and um, I guess the competition and that rivalry is quite healthy, but it's also um, a bit of fun and that's why we play footy. Yep, exactly. Um, and so, as you know, we ask hard-hitting questions here at the Coat Hanger. Um, are there any new stand, uh, new players standing out either at training um, or, or before or after games with some bad jokes to replace Allen's? Allen's. <laughs> um, oh, good, good question. Um, <laughs> we, we were absolutely gutted to see Fleur Davies go down. She's, um, she is, yeah. I've come across a few young kids, um, and I'm only 22 now, but you kind of feel like a veteran quite quickly, but <laughs> someone like Fleur, when, when they come into the program, you just know that you've got a good person involved and she is, she just takes the most positive um, or negative situation and adds fun to it. She's such a fun 
really uh, happy, positive kid, and she does certainly have a few jokes. She's very sarcastic, and I, um, I'm still trying to catch on to when she's serious and when she's not. But nice. uh, what she brings, not only on the field but um, around the the club and our culture, she certainly makes us all laugh and have a good time. So you've been in the AFLW system for several seasons now. As you say, you feel like you're a veteran. Uh, what are some of the bigger changes within the club and competition as a whole that you've noticed? Um, oh, I think in our club, um, yeah, I'll start internally. Um, I'm in my fifth season now. Um, had one finals appearance, appearance, but outside of that, we're, we've just been missing out every year. So in terms of what's changed, um, to be honest, I, not enough has changed. Um, and that's what I'm so excited about going forward. Um, we're not here to to just miss our finals. We're every single person that is involved in our clubs here to play finals every single year. So um, I think to answer that question is I'm actually excited about the change coming um, and that's already here. Um, externally, um, obviously, we, we talk about a lot, but the expansion clubs coming in, we, we now have 18 clubs. And um, if you talk about when the season came in, when it arrived, I think the next conversation that started was, oh, imagine when there's 18 teams in. Um, and that was almost the next step. And now I think we come to a time where it's here. Like we're here. We can we can almost nail out that conversation that, oh, we're grateful for the opportunity. Like we've far moved on from that. We, we're now a full-fledged 18-team competition. Um, obviously the length of season has a lot of opportunity to grow, but but right now everyone has opportunity and there is an absolute abundance of opportunity for any young girl um, or, or women across the country to jump on a list now and just develop their footy skills. So it's just, I think the word excitement goes around so much, but there's a reason for that. Um, with this opportunity, imagine what this competition is going to look like in five, ten years' time. Yeah, um, when, they, when the time came to announce who the next clubs would be coming in uh so many of us were so afraid that there were they would only let two in and so who would miss out and um I was in touch with another fee um fee Newton in from Chicks Talking Footy um and I think we were both getting ready to have a win because we were sure we'd miss out <laughs> on having team well she's a big Hawks fan and of course we we wanted the second team in Sydney to come in um, and so it was a bit of a surprise. We were like, oh, my God, we got what we wanted. We've got all the teams in finally now. Um, it, and it really was quite emotional for us all to just feel like, yes, this competition is continuing to move um, swiftly and, um, and we just look forward to the growth and, and the quality improving and, and then, you know, having um, full-time athletes. So making, and making, sure, so making sure that the, the pay... Um, increases as it should and then the uh, length of the season as well so that you play each other once at least <laughs> definitely that's <laughs> um, certainly a goal okay final tough question for you alan was well known for having dinners at his place in redfern have there been any chats about weekends at bernie's <laughs> oh this is actually great we we haven't <laughs> um he um no it hasn't, it hasn't come up in conversation but it's certainly something i should pass on but um one thing about Bernery loves to make things his own he likes to bring things that that there are first that we've never experienced and it's purely come from him and that's again that's what I love about him so I reckon he'll have something up his sleeve that's different um and he's certainly thrown a, a few things at us that's great well Elise Parker vice captain of the AFLW Giants thank you very much for your time thank you very much for having me